Blog Talk Radio. Wednesday on the Naked Talk with Alex Akurji. And guess what? You're listening to Alex Akurji and I'm broadcasting live from Lagos, Nigeria. Um, hello, people. Uh, well, it's another Wednesday and I pretty much have been looking forward to the show. Um, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. And, you know, we're talking about a voice for the hopeless. And, um, well, I've been pretty anti. <laughs> I've been a little, you know, Excited because um, I do have a pretty interesting guest on the show this week, and uh, I'm sure quite a lot of people don't um, realize that uh, there are lots of people paying uh, the price for crimes that they they did not commit. Um, and um, I have on the show June Trepper. June Trepper is um, she's a, a citizens advocate um, in the United States. She's been promoting the Innocence um, Innocence Project. Yes, in Minnesota. Um, hi, Joan. Are you there? I am here, Alex. Hello. Hi. First of all, it's um, really nice to have you on the Naked Talk with Alex. And um, I've been waiting for this, you know, we've been waiting for this. And here you are. Um, I was going to ask you this because a lot of people actually were sending me messages, personal messages, you know. they First of all, they've been looking forward to this particular show because I know that even here in Nigeria or in Africa, there are quite a lot of people who are probably in prison, you know, crimes that they, you know, probably didn't commit or they're innocent of. And, and to have someone like you, you know, just stand up and be there to um, be um, a ray of hope for some of these people in the youth, I think it's pretty amazing. But let me ask you this. I mean, first of all, I mean, for those who don't really know who you are, um, would you, uh, I'd like to know how did this all start for you? You know, who's Joan Trepper? Well, Joan Trepper grew up in a large family, and she felt very alone, very lost in the mix, very um, left behind and forgotten. And I speak of her in the third person because because I don't feel like I'm that person anymore. I feel like there's so much more to me and that I've grown mm-hmm. a lot. And in, in within that growth, I've learned to take the focus off of 
myself and my problems and my tragedies and to put that energy into focusing on the tragedies and the misfortunes of other people. And it has had it has become a very useful tool for me because I can really empathize with people and I can really understand um, the things that they're going through. When I was little, I struggled for independence, and I never felt like I had a voice. And I found out that there are so many others who are in much worse situations who had no voice either. And so it became important for me to really become that voice for them. Oh, um, I, I, and I can relate with that. I understand that, um, you know, because, um, like you said, you know, you didn't feel like you had a voice. And I guess um, just having to go through um, a situation like that, you now be in a position where you can stand up and be like, you know, voice for it. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, first of all, you know, before, I mean, for those of you, if you're listening to, the, if you're listening, I was just talking to John Trepper. Um, American um, citizens advocate, and um, this is a naked talk. Don't forget, this is a show where you can feel free to be who you really are. Not apologize for who you are. It's all about straight talk. So come on, guys. Uh, if you're listening, first of all, the number to call in if you need to call in and contribute to the show, um, it's two one five three eight three three seven six six. If you're calling from outside the U.S., um, you have to add plus one two one five three eight three three seven six six. And get on the show. It's interactive. So, hey, and um, if you're on Twitter, don't forget to hashtag The Naked Talk and tweet at Alex Okroji. And, um, of course, your messages we get on the show. Or you can join in. You know, just follow the radio channel and get in the chat room. And let's talk. Um, you know, let's talk. So, Joan, we're talking. And um, you're talking about um, just your, your background and your upbringing. But let me ask you this. At what point exactly? Because, um, I mean, um, you earned the name St. John. Of the, the same journal of blame, right? And I want right. to ask you, at what particular what particular point exactly? I mean, what what event? First of all, what event um, spurred you into advocacy? What started this for you? Well, it it happened at um, so I involved myself in um, walks for truth and justice over in the area where this injustice for these six men took place in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, I immersed myself into events over there with the families and the close friends of these men. And at, at one of them, I believe it was two years ago, I was asked to speak at this event, and I was introduced by the MC, who, who is Dennis Gullickson, and he was one of the co-authors of the book that I read, that, that got me involved, and he introduced me as St. Jonah Blaine, and it, it totally threw me for a loop. It um, <laughs> caused me to forget everything that I was going to say, <laughs> but it was remarkable. It was so humbling. It was um, I just felt honored um, that I would be recognized in this fashion, and it, it just... It just was so touching to me that these people felt felt saw me in this way, and so I will never okay. I'll never forget that that event and that emotion. 
from when okay, that happened. I, I know that. I know that you're um, you're promoting the Innocence Project in Minnesota, but what exactly is this in- Innocence Project? Because I think it's also um, is this just in Minnesota or it's all over the the United States? The Innocence Project is a, a um, organization that's that's um, global as well as national to the U.S. Um, many states have their own Innocence Project branches. And it's um, it's an organization that's designed to represent people who've, who've been wrongfully convicted. And they they uh, serve their clients for free, and, and they are considered a nonprofit, so they rely heavily on community um, organizations and personal and... Um, and um, advocates of this organization they rely on funding from them so it's okay. a it's a it's a very good organization for those who don't have any money to repre- to hire an attorney to represent them and that's okay. usually what okay, well, that- that's usually the people that need this assistance is people who do not have the necessary funds. Okay, that makes sense. So all of this, usually this is done pro bono, right? Yes, yes it is. Okay. And so okay. my um, mission You know has... what, we're going to... Oh, I'm sorry? Sorry? No, no, it's fine. I can hear you. Okay. You're talking about your mission. Well, my mission has been partly to um, promote this organization because I feel that awareness will garner more funding um, for them. So okay. that has become part of okay. my mission as well. Mm. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll come back. I'm definitely going to talk about your husband, Mike. I think he's been um, pretty um, supportive of your advocacy. But just hold on. Don't go anywhere. Stay on there. Uh, stay right there, Joan. Uh, let's okay. take uh, a quick commercial break. You're listening to the Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji. You're listening to the Naked Talk. It's so uncensored. She keeps it real. She keeps it straight. You tell it like it is no matter who's afraid to bear. <laughs> You're listening to The Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji. autographed copy of The Naked Experience by Alex Okoroji from timid girl to confident woman. It will make you laugh, it will make you cry, it will make you cuss, but most of all, it will be a great resource for you and your loved ones. Log on to www.alexokoroji.net to reserve your copy and win two VIP tickets to the book tour and match. 
listening to The Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji. Okay, we're back, and this is still The Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji. And uh, yes, if you're just listening, uh, we know we're talking about... um, um, being the voice of um, being a voice to the hopeless, and of course we've had their amazing. Uh, we have the amazing Joan Trepper on the show, and uh, if you're just tuning in, this is Alex Okoroji, and I'm broadcasting live from Lagos, Nigeria. Yes, the heart of Africa. <laughs> For wherever you are in the world, if you're tuning in, uh, know that this is the Naked Talk, and it's the one place where you can feel um, comfortable to be who you really are. Um, it's straight talk all the way, and you know we're just going to be keeping it like it. We're going to be telling it like it is, and we'll be keeping it real on the show. And Joan has been sharing with us um, basically her background and just how she was able to find herself um, advocating for a wrongly convicted citizens. Um, and I think that a lot of us can take, um, we'll be able to take on um, a lot of inspiration. I think she's a she's an inspiration, you know. Um, First of all, because I mean, she doesn't have um, any legal background. But Joan, are you still there, Joan? I still am. Yes. Okay. Um, first of all, before we go on, I'm gonna let you know that I think um, um, Joan is she's <laughs> Joan is somewhere in the chat room. She just sent a message, um, and she kind of wants to let you know that um, she's here to give you support. <laughs> oh, that's sweet <laughs> and of her. She tends to call in, so. She's here, right? She's in the chat room. I can see her messages. Uh, okay, fine. So I know that your husband, you know, uh, tell us a little about, you know, is this something that you've been doing on your own or is this something that your husband, you know, also supports? Because I remember I was reading your post this morning. Uh, I read your post um, on your blog and you were talking about your experience. Um, you guys, both both of you went to see, you know, someone recently um, in the prisons and, you know, I, I was, it was nice to see that, you know, your husband is also part of this journey. But, um, but those listening, I mean, how, how supportive has he been, you know? Um, my husband, Mike, is, um, he's such a supportive person in my life. He has really helped me to become the person I am. Um, he's just played such an integral part for, we've been married for 30 years, and, and, I was such a different person then when I first met him than I am now, and he has really helped me to nurture that. He has been supportive in this. He hasn't been as active as I have, um, but he allows me um, that freedom to go out and and do what I do with these these things. And and sometimes it, it involves some travel and being away from each other for a time. But um, at first, I think he was a little unsure of the path that I was planning to take. But over time and seeing the results and all the new developments, he's really seen, he has really seen that um, this is going somewhere and, and that I have really been a crucial part in all of this. And so now he is really starting to get more involved and more excited. And <laughs> it's been just really terrific to have him along. And I've never felt like 
I, I never had expectations from him because this was my mission and to begin with. This was something that I needed to do for myself as well as others. But I've always been grateful for anything or that he's been able to contribute. And so um, going to the prison, actually, he felt more comfortable accompanying me because of where we were going. And he's always he's got that protective thing towards me and so um and i i was really grateful for him coming along because i was i was sort of nervous about going by myself anyway and so it just turned out really really uh, it turned into an amazing experience and i think he took away as much as i did okay um, first of all, um, if you're calling into the show and you want to contribute or speak, uh, make sure you use your hand raising effect. Press 1 so that we know that you want to contribute and join the conversation. It's interactive, so come and pick up your phones and, you know, talk to Joan or talk to myself or contribute. Um, you know, are you going through, do you have friends or family or someone, you know, just going through who's been wrongly convicted? Um, you know, just join in the conversation. Let's talk about it. Um, I think we have um, a caller on the line. Hello. 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 Hi, Hello. my name is Johnny Johnson. Hi. Can you hi. hear me? Hi, this is Alex. Yes, I can hear you. Uh, hey, Hello. congratulations you hear on your show, and and thank you for uh, for allowing me to call in and uh, talk about my great friend Joan Trepa, and I'm the investigator that assisted in this case. Oh, it's very nice to have you. We're really excited to have you on the show as well. Um, Joan, Joan is on the show as well. Joan, hello. Hey, Johnny. Hello, Joan. Hello. Hi, Joan. Hey, Johnny. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Joan. I'm just a couple of miles down the street. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to hear your voice. No, it's, it's better just... to hear your voice. Uh, let's let's <laughs> talk about let's talk about the Joan Trepa. Uh, the woman who has been called uh, trepidation uh, because her last name, of course, is Trepa. But this this is a woman who who uh, got a hold of my shirt collar back in the summer of 2009. I'm a retired investigator. Uh, she gave me a book. Said, read this book if you don't mind, and let me know if you want to help. I read the book and I read it twice, and then I read it a third time, and I went back to her and said, I would like to help you. And this book is called The Monfiles Conspiracy, uh, written by John oh, wow. Gay, Del- Gen- De- uh, Dennis Gullickson, and Mike Pye, who's one of the uh, uh, alleged uh, murder uh, suspects in the case who was tried and convicted and uh, five years after his conviction, he was exonerated. So having said that, we looked at the the case together, Joan and I, picked it apart, found uh, a lot of irregularities, things that were incorrectly done or, or just not done at all. Uh, so Joan and I uh, jumped on our horses and rode around town uh, trying to find somebody to help us and uh, we we finally landed uh, with the Innocence Project, which put us in touch with uh, Mr. Steve Kaplan, who was 
now uh, was going to retire until he ran into us. He had uh, <laughs> about a week left of retirement, a week left until he retired from the law firm, and then he heard our story and saw that uh, you know we were we were uh, we were convinced and convicted that 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 justice uh, had not been done correctly and it was improper. So he. Mr. Kaplan and his law firm, which is Fredrickson and Byron here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, decided they would take this case uh, and dump some of their own money into it. And then Joan and I uh, dumped some of our money into it. And then we've had several car shows and several benefits uh, where the public could also uh, assist and uh, donate. And And so now we're on the trail here of uh, the tail end where um, after 20-some months of re-looking at this case and re- the, the lawyers have filed a motion in uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, at Brown County Courthouse, and we're waiting for the, uh, uh, for the outcome of, of those filings. And, and that's where we are now. And by the way, Steve okay. is listening, so I'd like to say hello to him from Joan and Johnny. <laughs> and we're saying hello to Steve to hear from you know from here in Lagos, Nigeria, because I think you guys are doing an amazing job. Um, because I, I I understand. I mean, these people do have families, and this must be you know, really stressful on them to know that they their loved ones are actually serving time for you know crimes that they're pretty much innocent. Um, uh, but let me ask you this, Joan. Um, uh, first of all. Have there like has there been challenges knowing fully well that you know you do not have any legal background? Has there been intimidation, or you know, are there challenges that you have to deal with? You know. Well, Hello, Joe. Yeah, I'm here. Um, when when I embarked on this, I had no idea where this was going to go. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Um, I didn't even know if it would go anywhere. Because I didn't have any resources, I didn't have any legal background, um, and I just started selling books. And I was selling those things like crazy. I mean, people were buying them left and right from me, and it started out as friends and coworkers and acquaintances, and then it flourished into other people, and Johnny was one of those people. And I just always um, had the attitude that, well, I don't know where this is going, but I'll just do this today and see what happens and see what tomorrow brings. And so um, the challenges were having no legal background, no resources to work with. Um, Johnny and I both felt like it eventually needed to turn into a legal issue, a legal um, matter that someone would need to pick up from us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't have any money, and so we thought, well, how the heck is that going to happen? And But we just keep going. He, With his background, he knew a lot of attorneys, and so we just kept asking, and we were, we kept getting rejected, and then we were doing other events. We were trying to promote the book and do book signings and um, book clubs, and, oh, my gosh, the book signings were just disastrous and um you know there were just the ups and downs and the, and we would sit in my living room um drinking green tea of all things and we would just look at each other and say oh my gosh what do we do now 
you know, that didn't work, so now what? But then he and I would sit there, and between the two of us, we would start to formulate these ideas, and then we'd get excited again. And after every one of those sessions of sitting there and just putting our heads together and bouncing off ideas, we would walk away from those meetings so energized and we would we would have another avenue to to investigate and to to pursue and so there we uh, there we would go off to the races again and um we'd try that and then and and some of those things would fail and you know just trying to get the legal representation was just a monumental tax and when when he had got i had been involved with um, advocating for this and selling the books for a year before I met him. And then it took him and I two years to get the law firm, Steve Kaplan and the law firm involved. But just, I mean, that was our biggest hurdle is getting legal representation because that's ultimately what needed to happen. You know, we could promote the book till till we were blue in the face and we could have all these book signings and whatnot, but until we found the legal representation, it none of those things were were going to take us anywhere. So so that really was our biggest hurdle. And just, um, you know, there were plenty, we had plenty of supporters and plenty of people who really supported our mission and, um, you know, they would buy books and they would feel like, oh, this is, you know, we support you fully, but we didn't have the money. And so if we did find a law firm or legal representation that was interested, we didn't have any money to pay them. And so we didn't know how that was going to go. And and we knew that there are a lot of attorneys that do pro bono work, but that's not very much when you think of the individual attorneys. And so by finding this law firm, that really um, cemented our mission and that really made the biggest difference when we had this meeting with Steve Kaplan and he said, you know, I'm going to take this on and I'm going to get people within this law firm to help me and if I can't get any of them, I know people from other law firms and I'm going to get a team together. That was that was just a miracle and that was music to our ears because that that made this whole thing possible you know and we just we wouldn't we wouldn't let go and and you know i think of myself well johnny thinks of myself and he's got me thinking it too that i'm this little yippy dog this little terrier that grabs on your pant leg and won't <laughs> let go until i get my way or i get noticed and that's you know right. that, that that that's a compilation of years and years of not being heard, not having a voice, and I mean it's just been such an amazing revelation for me that that I have something to say, and and people are actually listening to me, and people who sure. I I view as well educated, and you know just just amazing and amazingly resourceful so um it's just been an an awesome journey and i couldn't imagine 
not being involved in this anymore. I can't imagine going back to my old life. So it's just, wow. and, and there's there's so many people I'm grateful for and thankful for, and and I just admire so much. And um, Steve and Johnny are really included on that list because of how how possible they made my mission. Mm. Oh. Okay, let me ask you this. I know that I, I'm, I, I want us to go back a little bit to like the first time um, you encountered, you know, some of these people. I know you used to write letters to them in prison. Um, when was the first time you, you know, got encounter, you encountered with the six guys? Um, when did you first write to them or how did they contact you? How did you contact them? Well, I had, um, like I said, I had immersed myself into um, events over in Green Bay, as well as um, working with Johnny over in Minnesota. Um, so I I talked to uh, Joan Van Houten, who is um, the stepdaughter to one of our men, and she... Um, um, she helped put together these um, walks for truth and justice. And in in meeting the families, I learned, or I was put in touch with the actual men themselves. I, I uh, received their addresses, and it was probably um, a little over a year after I got involved when I started actually writing to them. So it was probably in 2011. And I just introduced myself, and I told them, I said, I'm just, you know, I'm just an ordinary person over in Minnesota that read the book about your case, and I'd like to tell you that I'm, I'm, I've gotten involved and I'm committed to helping um, g- gain your freedom. And I wrote... And thinking, I don't know what they're going to think of me, if they're going to believe that or what. But I started getting these letters. And I remember getting this one letter from Dale Baston. And he's probably, I think he's the oldest gentleman of these six men. And he sent me a picture of himself when he was, when he first started at the mill where this incident happened. And he just thanked me for writing to him and getting involved. And then I got another letter and another letter. And, and so we just, I just got to know these men through these letters. And they were just, they were not angry letters. They were grateful letters. They were appreciative. And, and they would just talk about their feelings and their thoughts and their wants and desires, and um, it was just very touching to read to read from these letters. I, I expected angry men. They'd been in prison for so many years. I think it was 15 years at that time. And wow. I just expected this anger and, and um, you know, just not... Not a, I didn't expect it to be a good experience at all, and it just was. And it just made me want to help these people more. And 
having met some of their family members, um, it, it was just it was just coming together as this this awesome experience and this this dedication of these family members towards these men was was just phenomenal to me. I I I had just you know even with all of my tragedies and my my issues growing up, I really had never encountered these kinds of relationships. They were so profound and so deep and so dedicated and committed that um, this was all, this was just phenomenal to me. And recently, Um, okay, go ahead. No, go, no, go on. I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay. I was here. just going to conclude this with um, talking about um, last weekend my husband and I visited one of the men for the first time. So that was another level of getting to know these men is to meet um, the first one, Keith Kutzka, face-to-face. Um and he and I had a really good rapport going in our letters, and he just has an amazing um, personality. And he's he's a very very prolific writer, a very well well versed person, very smart and intelligent. And um, we had, you know through our through our letters, we just felt like we my husband and I really got to know him. But to meet him was just Again, it it was just another touching emotional um experience that that until you until you really experience that or witness that, you can't know what that feels like. It's 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 just an amazing thing that I can't, it's hard to put into words. I can imagine. I, I think I read about it. You posted about, um, you wrote about that experience in your blog. Yes, I did. Yes, because I read, I read, I read that article. Okay. Um, you know what, John? We'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be back. Don't go anywhere, Johnny. I hope you're still there. Don't go anywhere. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> okay, so we'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be back. Thank you. QTAB Events, your one-stop shop for A-class events and entertainment, international artist management and promotion, logistics management, project management, and brand enhancement with affiliates across South Africa, UK, Benin Republic, Togo, Ghana, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, and Cameroon. Won't you rather let our dynamic team treat you like the respectable client that you are? Take it away the stress from your business.
Community ABC, then what are you waiting for? Join now to receive updates and all activities on Alexander and her naked thoughts at www.alexokoruji.net to contribute, interact with other interesting ABC users, and win special giveaways. Okay, we're back. Uh, This is still the Naked Talk with Alex Okuruji. And yes, this is your girl, Alex Okuruji, and I'm broadcasting live from Lagos, Nigeria. Um, Whatever you're doing, wherever you are in the world, uh, basically we've been chatting with uh, the amazing Joan Trepper. We've been chatting with the amazing Joan Trepper, and uh, we've been talking about, you know, being uh, a voice for the whole planet. Uh, If you're listening and you want to call into the show, don't forget the, the numbers to call in. 215-383-3766. Just dial 215-383-3766 if you want to speak to Joan or her friend Johnny or if you want to speak to me. Uh, And if you're calling from outside the U.S., make sure you add plus one. Um, Don't forget, um, and then you can also tweet. Let's talk about this. Do you have someone, do you know anyone who's going through, who has, you know, a family family member or someone who's... um, serving time for a crime that they're innocent of. Uh, let's talk about this. What do you think about um, Joan's advocacy and the fact that she's, you know, you know, standing up and representing um, people who've lost hope in the judicial system? Uh, let's talk about this. Joan, are you still there? I, I am, yes. Okay. Okay. Okay, are you there? Okay, fine. Um, I was going to ask you this. Uh, um, I know that, like you said, you know, just the fact that you're, your background, you're not... Um, having a voice and feeling like, you know, um, you have to be the voice for the voiceless. Uh, that drives you. But let me ask you, how do you honestly feel about the American judicial system? Because this is, um, I mean, how do you really feel about, if you were to describe um, the judicial system and the law in terms of, you know, the fact that these people are paying or serving time for a crime that they're innocent, do you think that the, the, system, the law or the judicial system has been fair? Do you? I mean, what, what's your opinion? I just want to have an idea of your opinion. Well, my opinion is that I I do have faith in our system. I I think it's a a good system, but it's run by humans, and as humans, we make mistakes. What the sure. what issue I have with the system is when the the um, people who run the system don't admit to making those mistakes. That's that's my issue, um, and it's very disheartening to to understand that this has been going on for a long time, for probably as far back as we can remember, and and the fact that these people who are typically wrongfully convicted generally have no no um money they're you know they're poor by by most standards um 
sometimes they have ineffective attorneys because they can't afford a proper criminal attorney. Therefore, they don't get um, proper representation. Um, there's sometimes where in, in many of these wrongful conviction cases, and I and I won't say that it's all of them, but many of them, um, things are done uh, knowingly by the authorities because they're they're looking to advance their career, they're looking to make a name for themselves, um, they're looking to be viewed in the eyes of the public as successful. Um, that's that's very disturbing to me that people put their careers and their own interests before other people. That's 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 always been been very disturbing to me because I could never view myself as being that kind of a person. I could never put my my interests in, in front of anyone, no matter what. And I just cannot understand that thought process but the system itself is is a good one if you have good people in place who are conducting it properly okay let me johnny are you there i'm here is he there okay let me ask you because i asked john this question Okay, let me ask you the same question because I know you've been working together, and she just shared her own opinion. Do you feel? Do you still feel the same way? Do you feel like? Um, how do you really feel about the American judicial system? Do you, I mean, she she just said how you know what she feels about it, but how do you also feel being a, a private investigator? I have the greatest admiration and love for our legal system. Having said that, it comes with flaws, because I agree with Joan 100%. When you have humans making decisions based on information that was collected, uh, often, uh, more likely than not, some of that collected information can be tainted, can be mishandled, can be coerced, um a lot lot many things can happen and unfortunately they have so what's great about the system is the fact that people like Joan and I and everybody else can fix that we can go back to the courts and have the case revisited, especially if there's new evidence, you know, new witnesses, whatever the case may be. That's what really makes this this judicial system work so well, that we can come back and we can revisit and people have been getting exonerated uh, because they didn't commit the crime. Someone else did. So, so it it does work, but it takes effort uh, for, for for people from the community to, to do it. So, there there lies uh, Joan Treppa, the advocate who steps forward and makes it happen. 
Okay, Joan, uh, let me ask you. I I know you know we <laughs> we kind of hinted about the families. I mean, first of all, what kind of relationship do you have between the families of this um um this wrongly convicted um people? What kind what kind of relationship do you have? Do you interact with the families? Do you get to work closely with them? How do they feel? I mean, what's going on? You know, what's happening to them? Emotionally, because I mean, I don't think people also realize that these people have families and they have to go through um, these challenges. I mean, what is it like working closely with them or being around them? I'm glad you came back to that because I really wanted to um, promote the families and and their plight as well. Um, I view the families as a sort of collateral damage that happens within the system when people are wrongfully convicted. We always see in news reports and such the accused, the charge, the sentence. We never see the ramifications of those actions and what happens to the family members. I believe that the family members probably have it much harder than even the person who's convicted because now they have to go out into the community and they have to figure out how they're going to survive with the loss of many times uh, the breadwinner of the family um, or someone who is integral in the, with their financial position and they have to figure out what they're going to do, they, and they, they end up with all these hardships. Um, so it was very important for me, and then when Johnny got involved, for, for both of us to really get to know the families and, and to really understand that aspect of these wrongful convictions. And so we, we traveled over there. We, we set up an, a, a meeting with them specifically to talk to them and to hear their stories, to see, to see the emotion in their faces and, and to let them know that we were going to help them. And at that time we didn't know how, um, but we knew we were committed and we wanted them to know that we were. They were so receptive of us. They were, they were leery at first, of course, because they've had many years of trauma and through appeals had failed and the whole system failed them. And so here were some other um, people that they didn't know that had no um, relationship with this whole thing who came and said they wanted to help. And so so in their faces, we saw excitement as well as as um, suspicion. But ultimately, we decided that we were going to convince them over time that we were going to do this. We were going to stay involved for however long it took. And just just hearing some of the tragic stories that these people told were just heartbreaking and there were tears at this meeting there were uh, we met two lovely granddaughters of one of the men convicted actually the one that Mike and I visited Keith Kutzka they were babies when he was incarcerated and they never really knew him outside of the prison experience and they they were just overwhelmed with 
with emotion at meeting us and just so hopeful that something could then be done. And I remember listening, just listening to so many stories of these people and hugging them and reassuring them. And now we're all just these friends. We socialize together. We um, carry on the walks for truth and justice together. And it's like they're, they're my family. I, I told them on stage two years ago that I have this large family, um, this large immediate family. I come from a family of 16 siblings, and that's how I oh, got wow. lost in the mix. But I told them, despite my large family, I still needed a bigger one and that they were that bigger family. And, I mean, it, it's so true, and, and I believe they feel it now, too. And we make these trips back and forth all the time, and now they, they've started to come over for events here. They've attended um, benefits that the Minnesota Innocence Project puts on. They've attended our car shows. They've gotten involved. And the transformation from hopelessness to extreme excitement has been so evident over this five-year journey that, that we've been on. It's, it's amazing to see, to see the hope that they now have and to see them smiling again and to really believing that their loved ones can come home. There's just no price a person could put on that kind of a gift. And it's it's a it's a two-way gift. I mean, I I feel like I've received every bit as much as they have because of the gift of of camaraderie and um you know, being involved in their lives and having them involved in our lives, and it's it's just it's just amazing that that they have hope now. It's that, you know, again, there's just there's not the proper words to describe what that's like, and to see not only to hear it in their voices, but to see it on their faces, the transformation. Oh, okay. Um, first of all, if you're listening and you want to contribute, because I see some people calling in, um, make sure you use your hand-raising um, hand effect. Press 1 so we know that you want to contribute and you want to talk on the show. So just press 1 so that we can um, get you live into the show. You want to talk to Joan or myself or Johnny. Um, let's, uh, okay. Uh, okay, I think we have a call on the line. Hello? 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 Hi. Hi, this is Joan. Hey, Joan, Johnny. Hi, Joan. How are you? I'm Hi, doing Joan. good. I'm... Hey, Johnny, how are you? I'm great. Good to hear your voice. Thanks for calling. Yes. Well, I, I couldn't help it. Um, a little <laughs> nervous, but I was trying to wait for a good timing, but you know, it's never really a good time. Anytime's a good time, Joan. You guys are doing fantastic. Hello, Joan. Hi, how are you? Hi, Joan. Hi, Joan. I'm fine. <laughs> First of all, it's really nice to have you on the show. And um, just so you know, um, our hearts are with you, and, you know, we're totally in support of you. We just wanted you to know that you have our love. 
and our support, even though we're right here in Nigeria and Africa. And we understand because we also have people here who um, who are wrongly convicted and who, you know, who their families have to also be at the, bur- the burden of some of these um, decisions and this ruling. So I, I, I can relate to that. I understand that. And first of all, I, I really appreciate you for actually calling into the show. Um, I don't know if there's something you'd like to share with us. I, I would like to know because, I mean, I did ask Joan, you know, how it feels like for the family. But to have you here, I know that, that you know, it would be nice to hear from you, basically, you know, how you, you know, how this, what this process has done for you or how it's been like, you know, just going through this entire process. Um, I, I, I have to tell you that, uh, I, I think it's, it's pretty similar, what, uh, all families who go through this experience, um, it, it, it really starts with, uh, and it seems kind of funny to say, but the whole thing really starts kind of, uh, it's tragic because you, you hear about the crime, uh, that was committed, and and your heart goes out to the the families of the the victim, and yeah. um, as things start to unfold, and and you realize that someone that you love and have so much faith in uh, becomes a target of the investigation. Um, at the beginning of that, it's it's almost amusing because you can't fathom it. You know, you just, it's so hard to figure out how they see the same person that way. Um, and and you just, but what you know of the system, what the average person knows of the system, you, you honestly believe that it'll get all straightened out, that it's just some kind of confusion happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hold on to that. And... As time goes on, you realize that this is not going to happen, um, that they've latched on and, and won't listen to any other possibility. And you go through the trial and you watch this person get convicted. Um, it's devastating. It's devastating. It, it, it not only is so traumatic for the family, but... Everything that you thought you believed and that that you held so dear that you just took for granted is is wiped away. What you believed then about the system, about the truth always winning out, um, both innocent people going free, um, it's that's all taken from you. Um, you're terrified. You're terrified in in every every direction. Um, you're you're watching someone that you care about being ripped away from your family, and and there's like nothing you can do. No one is listening. On top of that, the people that you are raised and taught to trust and to turn to when there's trouble. Those are the same people that just did this to you and your family. It it completely takes away the ground that you're walking on, and you have nothing. You're falling. You're just free falling because you don't know. You don't know what to believe in anymore, and you don't know who to believe in anymore. It's devastating. 
to live your daily life taking for granted these things and then having them wiped away is terrifying. I don't even know how to begin to describe how terrifying that is, to have your faith wiped away um, and not have a foothold anymore in just daily functioning if something happens who do I call? Do I call the people who did this to my family? Um, it's hard. It's it's hard to regain that. It's it's hard to trust people again. And you know, on top of that, when someone in your family is convicted of such a horrible crime as murder, the whole family is convicted. The whole family is condemned, the whole family is found guilty, because that's how people treat you. It's how they treat the children of these men. It's it's very painful, um, not only to know that, you know, um, our Mike is, not only to know that he's innocent, of a crime that he's been convicted of, but then to be found guilty with him. It's a horrible thing for a family to go through. Yeah. Um, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, Joan. I'm really, really sorry. And first of all, I need to tell you, I think you're such a courageous, courageous woman. And um, I, I can't even start to imagine what you must be going through and what your entire family must, you know, um, are going through, but uh, I, I think that um, you know. First of all, that's why we're grateful for for people, angels like John, um, John Trepper, who's you know um, standing and um, trying to do what they can to you know be there to support you. And you know, those of us, I know whoever's listening right now, you know, people need to realize that um, realize what you what the families go through, what the people go through, and that you know you. How tough it is! I'm I'm able to speak. I can't really talk to him because I just listening to you. You know, you explain just you know from your own from from your own experience what you have to deal with. That also opens you know my eyes and quite a lot of people who are listening to this because the truth is sometimes it happens even here in Nigeria. There's so many people. Um, a week ago, there was someone who was the victim of circumstance. He was just found in the wrong place and he was arrested, and you know. He didn't have anybody to help him. He was locked up for quite a while. But what am I saying? I'm saying that sometimes, you know, even we here, we make excuses and we can't come out to help people because we feel we're not in the position to. But to to see people like John step up and do what they can and struggle through this just to represent, you know, to be the voice for, to be the voice for, you know, for people, you know, for people like you, I, I think that inspires us to want to do so much more. And, we're with you, and you know, um, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry about what you're gonna. I really hope that this can be resolved soon, and you can reunite with your family, and you know, um, be happy again. Hello, are you there? Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate those words so much. Um, what Joan and Johnny and others like them, what they give to us is a lifeline. Um. When we're floating um, and have nothing else to hold on to, that that hand reaching out, it means 
everything to us. Nobody listens to us, you know, because we're family. We're we're family of these men. So people just expect us to say, oh, no, no, they didn't do it. But, you know, after 20 years, if we had any doubt about their innocence, why would we still be fighting and putting ourselves through this? Why, why would we continue to, to live this pain every single day if we thought for a second that, that this person was guilty? It, it doesn't even come anywhere near rational thinking. And, and you cannot possibly say that we're all crazy. We're, we're not all insane. We are all not naive. We are not all, you know, hopelessly buried in, in the clouds. We believe because we know. We know these men are innocent. We wouldn't continue to have our lives ripped apart like this if they weren't innocent. It just, it, it would be insane to do so, to have our lives constantly unbalanced and, and constantly in turmoil and, and to feel the constant frustration. It it's not a normal way to live, and not you, you can't say that out of all of these families and all of these people that, that we're crazy. It's just, it's just not so. And people like Joan and Johnny, they, they step up, and they can, they can go places where we can't. We don't have that access because we don't have the ears listening to us because we're family. We need those outside voices. We we need the outside people to stand up and and connect. Um, Amen to that. Yes, and you know, Joan, you've become the heart of this issue for us. You know, our our hearts have been torn out um, and thrown and in I'm, prison. And I'm helping to put them back. You. You've taken, you've put yourself in, in in a position where your voice has reached out where our voices can't, and your voice calls out where our voices aren't heard. And I cannot even begin to tell people the value, you know, the the value of that and the strength of that and the life it breathes back into us and into our families. And, you know, hearing that is why I do what I do. Uh, how could I not? How can I, how can I ignore those emotions and those words when that's, that's what's, what life is all about, helping others, being kind to others, and doing doing things that other people can't do. Like like you said, you're the family, so it's expected you're going to say your loved ones are, are innocent. But, you know, it can't be explained when someone like me who has no relation to this at all comes in and says, hey, they're telling the truth. So it really kind of um, th- throws a little... Uh, throws a little uh, hardship in there for the authorities that yeah. continue to claim the guilt of these men. They they can't explain me away. And 
and they can't shut me up either. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can yeah. I ask something? Is there okay. something that the international community can do? Like, for example, is there a way that, you know, people can lend their voices and just make sure that our voices are louder? Maybe is there something that, you know, people can do to contribute to lend their voices to this, you know, to put more pressure on them to, you know, work faster, you know, in trying to um, um, review the case or whatever it is that they're doing. Is there something that people like also leave outside the U.S.? You know, the international community, is there something that we can do to lend our voices? I was just going to ask. Um, okay, well, Johnny, you, you talk okay, to, well, to that let one. Me, let, me, uh, let me again uh, start off with uh, uh, thanking Joan, uh, Joan number two, we know who Joan number one is. So Joan number two for nobody likes for me her, number two, Johnny. For, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but for for your courage, uh, you know, to come to come out and uh, come on this show, and then uh, uh, you know, as as a family member of one of the uh, one of the wrongfully accused, you know, it's, it, it, we we travel down this road with you, but we can't possibly fathom. Uh, the devastating emotions that you feel, and like Joan said, you know that's why we do what we do. But having having said that, and moving forward, now we are almost at the end of that road where justice will be done. Okay. And in the future, okay. across across the world, uh, you know, it's important that these kinds of talk shows and blogs and Facebook and Twitter and social media. Uh, get access to these kinds of scenarios because the the media from the local towns and cities and states they don't want to discuss mm-hmm. this. This is not the kind sure. of material you'll see at the nine o'clock they news in this about. country. They don't want sure. uh, people people being uh, you know televised from live from leaving the prison because they were wrongfully incarcerated. You know, that that's a problem in this country with the, our media and our government system are in bed together, and they both kind of feed each other uh, information, data, and, and and people buy into that. So what I've, what I've always thought is maybe it's time in this in the world, in this the way we live today, that we would have a world court. Maybe we have a. Yeah. Maybe it's time for us to have a world court, an international court that has the power and authority to look at wrongfully uh, incarcerated cases mm-hmm. and and then change the outcome uh, for the future by mandating some form of justice. I don't want to say revenge or retribution for the people who mm-hmm. did it, but. You know, because this country's legal system is set up with immunity for prosecutors mm-hmm. and immunity for law enforcement and immunity for a lot of people, uh, a guy gets, guy or gal gets exonerated and, you know, it's like swept under the rug. It's okay. So they did 20 years. Whoop-de-doo. We'll give them a little money and away they go. It doesn't change the system. So change mm-hmm. has to come from with, from far away. Change has to come from the outside. This country can't do a change on the inside with respect to this in our judicial system. That has to come from mm-hmm. the outside. We need outside uh, reference, and I don't. I guess you could just call it some outside interference. But 
it, it can't be done, it hasn't been done, and it won't be done until we do something of that magnitude. Well, and the, re, the, the way to get there is for people to be more aware of what's going on at their yeah. local level. Sure. Right. I mean, you have to, and that's worldwide. That's advice for people worldwide. Be aware of what's happening in the courts in your own city. Um, we didn't know. We, we didn't know. I mean, you know that stuff like this happens, but it's it's so real. And, you know, you hear about it on the news or you hear a little blurb about it and then and then you go back to doing your dishes and you go back to, you know, doing your laundry or making dinner or, you know, you go back to your life and, and it, it is so easily forgotten until it's knocking on your door, until it's That's at awesome. your front door. But yeah. we, we all need, we all of us need to become more aware and more involved and ask the hard questions before before they show up at your doorstep. Because mm-hmm. it's the only way to stop them. It is the absolute only way to stop them. You know, yep. if yep. you wait too long to get involved, you end up where we are at right now. You end up in the fight of a lifetime. And believe me, it lasts a lifetime. It's been 20 years this fight has been on for us. 20 years of our life, 20 years of the lives of each of the men convicted. This is ridiculous amount of energy and time and misery because we were unaware. You're right. True. That's true. Oh, you know, first, I'm, first of all, I need to thank all of you for, you know, just being able to, you know, be on this show and just um, – Teach us something because I know whoever is listening to this, uh, first of all, is going to be blessed with a lot of wisdom and awareness and even hope, you know, because I'm sure that there are people who are going through similar things and probably don't even know where to start or how to go about it or, you know, not lucky enough to have someone like Joan, um, Joan Trepper in their life or Johnny or, you know, Steve Papp. So I, I think that, you know, this is probably going to open the eyes of quite a lot of people to you know, look at their own situation and look at their own um, circumstance and see what can be done, or even look around the people and see who they can help or who they can, you know, be, a, you know, hope to. Um, just before we get, you know, wrap up the show, I'm going to ask you, Joan. I know you're supposed to be writing a book. Are you there? Yes. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Yes, I am writing. Okay, a book. I know you're writing a book. Um, what's 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 the content of this book? What's what's this book about? This book is about my journey um, from reading the Monfiles book to um, throughout my advocacy. It's just the story of the physical things that I did to get this to where it is. And the people that have gotten on board along the way, the, the, uh, the victories, the failures, um, and it's also serving as an inspiration for people like me to, who, who don't have the wherewithal to, to do something because of their background or resources, that they can still make a difference. It, it doesn't have to be um, on the magnitude of, of what's happened in this case, but... Be kind to people. Be 
aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the injustices and the tragedies and step up to do something. Um, and so it, it's just, it, it's an inspiration for people to feel empowered to do that. And the, the, uh, yeah, the case I, that I work, I'm sorry, the case that I work, I've worked no. on is my proof that it can be done. That's true. Um, first of all, I'd like to say you're a big inspiration um, to me and to a lot of people who are listening. Believe me, there are a lot of people who are listening, um, <laughs> and uh, they feel very inspired right now, um, just knowing that, you know, someone can step up and, you know, just fight, you know, stand up for people, you know, not have, and you're not related, you know, you're not, uh, these are people who are related by blood or um, anything to do with the personal experience that you have. So I think that, first of all, you're a shining light for a lot of people. And just to have, you know, even um, support system like Johnny and, you know, Steve and all the other people who walked, you know, who've done this with you. Let me let me ask, are you doing any more, you know, walks or do you have to sell more books or you don't have to sell more books to get this done? Um where 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 is everything right now moving forward? Where where are we right now with the cases? Uh, well, Johnny, do you want to speak to that? Sure. I mean, you sure. you'd be better to speak to that. Sure. Right now, okay. uh, after an exhaustive review of the of the uh, trial transcripts and all of the evidence, uh, Mr. Kaplan, okay. from which which is our lead mm-hmm. lawyer, petitioned. Yeah filed a motion with the Brown County uh, Court to have a a hearing. And okay. with that hearing uh, come some motions, uh, documentation of which the district attorney has to respond to. And that will be uh, completed in the next few weeks and back to the court. And then Mr. Kaplan uh, will be able to look at those filings and then he'll he'll re- respond to that filing from the district attorney and then sometime uh probably this summer maybe even you know early fall we, we just don't know when it's going to happen but we're we're going to eventually hopefully get into a courtroom for an evidentiary hearing and from that point uh a determination will be made if we're going to go back to trial for a new trial if uh Mr. Kutzka is going to be released uh set oh, free wow. so that's where we're at right now okay are uh, well done i need to say well done guys i mean you guys are doing amazing work that i can't even start to imagine um it was really really nice to have you on the show uh but we're going to be you know wrapping up the show thank you so much for being thank on the you. show and uh <laughs> Thank you. Thank you a lot. Thank you. Thank you um, so much, Joan, too, Alex. Joan Trepidation. <laughs> Joan, um, <laughs> well done. <laughs> you know I call you Saint Joan now, so um, <laughs> nice to have you on the show. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And the other uh, it Joan, has been Joan so too. enjoyable, and I appreciate the opportunity. Joan, too. Hello, thank Joan, Thank you very too. much. Yes, yep. Thank, Thank you, you very much. And just a quick uh word um or just a, a okay. quick word of encouragement for all of the other yes. families out here um going through what we're going through is um don't give up. Every step you take leads to the next step. You keep talking and you keep reaching out and you 
you keep writing people and you keep asking for help and someone somewhere down the line will hear you but don't ever give up because the second you give up they win right and i'd like to add one last thing i'd like to add one last thing that being kind Mm -hmm. to others never goes out of style true true amen true that's so true (laughs) <laughs> true, that's so true. It's so nice having all of you at the show. I had so much fun, you know. I know I shouldn't be having fun, but I had so much fun just listening to you and learning from you and gaining a bit of wisdom and, you know, just walking walk your shoes just for a few minutes. I know it's just a few minutes, but just understanding what you have to go through. And I know how tough this can be. Um, I mean, we all have to deal with so many challenges, but I know how tough. So, but just please stay positive. Let's stay motivated. And I'm hoping that, you know, we get good results at the end of this. Thank you so much. I love you guys. I love you all. Um, we love, love you too, too Alex. I hope we- <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Uh, Thank so, you. So um, if you're listening, if you're listening, uh, this is still the Naked Talk. Uh, we just had such an amazing time with Joan Trepper, Johnny, and, you know, Joan, um, 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 you know, one of the daughters, the granddaughters of, you know, one of the um, uh, wrongly convicted. Um, one of the stepdaughters, sorry. Um, and it was nice just talking to them and just listening to their experiences. Um, I know that some of you will be motivated. But if you have any messages, oh, please feel free to send your messages to um, thenakedtalk at gmail.com. Or you can tweet the naked, you can tweet um, at Alex Okoroji, hashtag the naked talk. Or if you want to find Joan Trepper, she's on Twitter at Joan Trepper, you know, and um, just get in touch and send your messages, whatever it is. It was nice being on the naked talk and just sharing an honest, unfiltered experience um, with the um, citizens advocate and, you know, her support system. And it is really nice and a lot of things. Um, don't forget it's okay to be who you really are. You need not apologize for your experiences and help someone be, you know, just be someone's voice. You know, just be, a, you know, the rare of hope for someone. Um, you don't have to be more um, to do more. And you can also um, just send your messages to info at thenakedtalk.com and um, we'll talk to you again next week, Wednesday. See you.
And that was um, an amazing show. Um, well, I <laughs> said that was well. You know what it is. Now. It's all scripted, so um, whatever I say, just take it like that. You know, I, I'm a little thrown off, Joe. I'm just listening to Joan and Johnny, and you know, the stepdaughter, one of the convicted, um, wrong, wrongly convicted um, um, persons, um, and just listening to her almost break down. Uh, just brought, you know. Um, you know, warm to my heart and all of that. But anyway, this is the Naked Talk. Don't forget, this is the one place where you can feel comfortable to express who you really are. Um, it's all about expression. You know, it's about straight talk. It's about being open, being vulnerable, being who you really are. Um, I think there's so much that we can learn from um, this particular conversation, uh, the fact that you really don't need to be something special. You don't have to have, like, the biggest connections or whatever it is for you to lend, stretch out your hands and be of help. You know, I know some people would probably even know somebody in their own community and not come out to do anything because they feel, oh, they, they you know, they're not lawyers, they don't want to spend money, you know, but some people have to make sacrifices and come out, you know, and just stand up for these people who do not have any help. Uh, well, if you missed the live show, don't forget, if you know, if there's anybody you know who needs to listen to don't forget, you can go back to the radio channel, listen to the archived fashion, or you can get on my blog at www.alexacroji.net and then click on the Naked Talk page, and you can listen there, or you can also download this from iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget, I remain the queen of naked expression. Uh, you know, send me your messages, send me your love. And, oh, yes, I need to say that um, sorry, it's my birthday, <laughs> March 10th, and, um, of course, um, you know, launching my album. It's my motivational podcast album, and it's going to be on audio CDs, uh, an online store worldwide. So, uh, till I talk to you next week, Wednesday, don't forget to keep it real. Be you. I love you for listening. Mwah.